The following message comes to you from the pulpit of Zion Primitive Baptist Church in Zion, Alabama. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com. I want to welcome you today to the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is an outreach of Zion Primitive Baptist Church, which is located in the Zion community near Gordo, Alabama. I'm Elder Chris McCool, and I serve as pastor of Zion Primitive Baptist Church. We are a congregation of believers in the sovereign grace of God where families worship together through the simple practice of preaching, praying, and singing. If you live in this area or are visiting here, we would love to have you attend worship services with us. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. and every Sunday evening at 5 p.m. and the first and third Wednesday evenings at 6.30 p.m. I'm happy to note that our daily podcast is featured on Grace Alone Radio, which you can find at gracealoneradio.net. You can find the schedule on the website, and you can also download an app to your phone so that you can listen wherever you are. Grace Alone Radio is a 24-hour streaming service which carries the message of God's sovereign grace around the clock and around the world. Zion Primitive Baptist Church is located at 9487 County Road 49, Gordo, Alabama. That's near the intersection of County Road 49 and Alabama Highway 159, about 10 miles north of Gordo, Alabama, and about 8 miles northeast of Reform, Alabama. If you're interested in finding more sermons, you can go to our website at zionpbc.com, that's z-i-o-n-p-b-c.com, where you'll find all of our posted sermons as well as a link to subscribe to our podcast. You can also subscribe to our website which will update you every time a new sermon is posted. In the last message, we began looking at the results of David's faithlessness. Sometimes we think that being unfaithful is just a minor sin. But when we start relying upon the schemes of men instead of upon the power of God, there can be some dire consequences. And that's the way it was in David's life. We were beginning to see how that David fled from Saul and ended up in a place called Nob, lying to the chief priests there, and just generally making unwise decisions. As we'll see today, he ended up acting like he was crazy in the hometown of Goliath in order to escape the wrath of the king there. Unfaithfulness will lead you into difficult and sometimes deadly circumstances. Join us today as we continue looking at how David's unfaithfulness led to sorrow and grief. But first, we have a song selection that I hope you enjoy. After the song, please stay tuned for another message of God's sovereign grace from the Zion Primitive Baptist Church pulpit.
you ever notice, you know, we send off somebody from our hometown to go play ball somewhere and we, we, we just kind of latch on to them, you know, uh, uh, Walter Jones down in Aliceville was a favorite son of Aliceville. He was a, 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 a tackle, famous tackle in, in the pro uh, Seattle Seahawks team, you know, he was, and everybody just loves him. Nobody likes it when they get beat, you know, nobody likes for somebody to go in there and disrespect the hometown boy, you know. Um, I, last night we were visiting with uh, with Dalton and uh, and Sherry was sitting there. Listen, Dalton was telling us a little bit about these drill instructors that got up in his face, you know, and all this, which you know we expect that to happen. But boy, it didn't make Miss Sherry too happy to hear about <laughs> them disrespecting our hometown boy, you know, down up there. So, you know, she could put a piece of her and she may write them a letter, brother. I don't know, but anyway, that's a. Uh, I'll try to keep her from doing that. But, but you know, this is a hometown boy done good. They sent him down there as the champion, and this man killed him. And they heard the songs that were sung about him. It says, isn't this the one that they danced to? And they, they told him that they, they sang that he had, Saul had slain his thousands and David his ten thousands. They didn't like it at all. You know, it occurs to me, <laughs> Brother Roger will appreciate this, it occurs to me that, that if we went down to Tumor's Corner and started singing Rammer Jammer, it would be something similar, okay? Or if the Auburn fight song were to be played at Denny Chimes, you know? That just wouldn't, wouldn't go over too well, would it? <laughs> well, that's what happened here. That's what happened. Walking in the flesh instead of by faith will complicate our lives. Amen. So what does David do? Well, he does what any of us would do, right? He starts slobbering and acting crazy. <laughs> it's wise, you know. Think about think about where he's he's lying. He's starting to make bad choices, and so verse thirteen says he changed his behavior behavior before them and feigned himself mad in their hands and scrabbled on the doors of the gate and let his spittle fall down upon his beard. Oh wow! <laughs> this is the great sweet psalmist of Israel. This is the poet warrior. This is the anointed king of Israel who is currently in the eyes of God king. Not just going to be, but he is king. And oh, what he's done here. What a low point in his life. <laughs> I mean, it gets bad. Because notice that even, you know, you would think, now David's in trouble. David's about to be killed. And of course, you know, in some ways, this was probably, he'd gotten to the point where this was all he could do. Start crawling around on the floor and on the streets and scrabbling and scratching at the doors and slobbering in his beard and acting crazy. In verse 14, then said Achish to his servants, Lo, you see the man is mad. <laughs> Wherefore then have you brought him to me? Have I need of madmen that you have brought this fellow to play the madman in my presence? Shall this fellow come into my house? And the verse 1 of chapter 22 begins with David therefore departed thence. Now, he extracted himself from that situation that he'd gotten himself into. You know, if you went back and talked to David, say, David, what did you expect? What did you expect marching down to Goliath's hometown with Goliath's sword where they hate you and thinking, I'm going to find refuge here? That's crazy. That's crazy. Well, he acted crazy. And he extracted himself from that situation. But, oh, what a low point in David's life. What a low point. Playing the fool in order to save your life. Do we really want to go there? Well, we've seen David and Ahimelech and David and Achish. 
Now I want us to look at, beginning in chapter 22, at David and Adullam, the cave of Adullam. Verse 1, David therefore departed thence and escaped to the cave of Adullam. And when his brethren and all his father's house heard it, they went down thither to him. And everyone that was in distress and everyone that was in debt and everyone that was discontented gathered themselves unto him. And he became a captain over them. And there were with him about 400 men. All David's scheming, all of his manipulating his circumstances, all of his faithless walk had led him down to this cave surrounded by 400 bankrupt, discontent, destitute, <coughs> unhappy, desperate men. But you know, I believe David was delivered in this cave. You see, the beauty of David's life and what I love about studying him is sometimes we have to infer from the context what one of these characters in the Bible is thinking. But for David, who wrote nearly half the Psalms, we don't have to infer anything. We know exactly what he was thinking. Turn with me to Psalm 57. Psalm 57. And notice the superscription over the first verse in this psalm. It says, To the chief musician, Altaskith, a miktam of David, when he fled from Saul in the cave. This is one of two cave psalms that were written here. And I want you to listen to this. We're just going to read this. And I want you to listen. This is a prayer David wrote while he was down there surrounded by all of these discontented, bankrupt, desperate men. Listen to what he says. Be merciful unto me, O God. Be merciful unto me, for my soul trusteth in thee. Yea, in the shadow of thy wings will I make my refuge until these calamities be overpassed. I will cry unto God most high, unto God that performeth all things for me. He shall send from heaven and save me from the reproach of him that would swallow me up. Selah. God shall send forth his mercy and his truth. My soul is among lions, and I lie even among them that are set on fire, even the sons of men whose teeth are spears and arrows, and their tongue a sharp sword. Be thou exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let thy glory be above all the earth. They have prepared a net for my steps. My soul is bowed down. They have digged a pit before me. In the midst whereof they are fallen themselves, Selah. My heart is fixed, O God. My heart is fixed. I will sing and give praise. Awake up, my glory. Awake, psaltery and heart. I myself will awake early. I will praise thee, O Lord, among the people. I will sing unto thee among the nations. For thy mercy is great unto the heavens and thy truth unto the clouds. Be thou exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let thy glory be above all the earth. Notice what he's saying here. This is David who had decided that the only thing he could do was run. He had forgotten the promises of God. He had run from Saul, scheming in his own way to get away. He had lied to Ahimelech. He had lied. Uh, he had acted crazy in the doorstep of Achish. And now in the cave of Dulam, he's surrounded by what he calls lions. I mean, can you imagine? You know, I think often about Daniel in the den of lions. That's a scary place to be, is it not? You think about lions are the king of the jungle. They're the, they're the to me, uh, that would be the scariest thing about being lost in the plains of Africa is these lion uh, 
prides of lions that would come out and could rip your soul apart. And that's the way he feels down here, surrounded by 400 men, which is going to grow to 600 at some point. Uh, these are just lions. And he says in one place, I forget the psalm, but he's also writing from the cave. He says, no man cared for my soul. No man cared for my soul. But you know what he remembered in the cave? He remembered that God does. God does. And he prayed to God. C.H. Spurgeon said this, if David would have prayed in the palace like he prayed in the cave, he never would have run in the first place. That's pretty good, isn't it? If he had prayed in the palace like he prayed in the cave, he'd have never left the palace. He'd be there to this day. But David decided it was time to repent and replace his trust back in God. And I want you to notice the contrast between David and Saul, the king. Saul sought to soothe his rebellious heart with David's music. But David sought to repent and, and, to, and to put aside his sinful ways and return to God. And ever would this be the difference between Saul and David. There's no place you ever read about David where there's places he did wrong. But there's no place you ever read about David where he didn't ultimately turn to God in repentance Amen. and acknowledge his sin before him. Amen. Saul never acknowledged it till the end of his life and ended up dying on the plains out there after being defeated in battle. See, that's the difference. What are the lessons from this? I think there's about three lessons that we need to get from here. First of all, when we're out of fellowship with God, and seeking to go our own way. Don't we always seek bad counsel? <laughs> Don't we always do that? I mean, in the beginning, David was with Samuel, <laughs> but he failed to seek his counsel. He left Samuel, and he went down to a place where he was surrounded by malcontents and misfits, and that's a common pattern we see in life, is it not? Especially some of you preachers here will know, that those of you that have pastored churches, you'll realize that, that you'll see people, and you're just friends that you have, you'll see people, when they start down the wrong path, inevitably they begin to seek counsel from the wrong people, and they end up in the wrong place. Amen. Ask Abraham and Lot when you get to heaven. Ask Abraham and Lot. Lot says, I want to go it on my own, because I think I know better than God. I know better than, I want to separate myself from the kingdom of God. I know God has placed his blessings with you, Abraham. I recognize that you are the chosen uh, leader of this nation of, this nation of Israelites that will, that will become the earthly nation of God. But I'm going to separate myself from you because I see a better way over here. <laughs> I want to say to you, child of God, every time that happens, we'll seek bad counsel and we'll end up in the wrong place. We'll end up in a cave surrounded by lions. And when we're out of fellowship with God, we make bad choices. Right. Bad choices. You know, as we've already said, and it's kind of funny, but David walked around Goliath's hometown with Goliath's sword on his side. <laughs> I mean, that's just very unwise, is it not? When we get out of fellowship with God, when we try to go our own way and walk by sight and not by faith, we lose access to the wisdom of God. God gives, he says, that any man that seeks wisdom, ask of God, who giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not. But when we're not in fellowship with God, we don't have access to that wisdom of God. And I've got a news flash for you. You don't have any wisdom of yourself. Amen. Well, what if I follow my heart? <laughs> well, try that sometimes. No, don't try that. Let me just say to you, I've tried it. Don't try it. 
The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? That's why so many people, young and old, get into problems with marriage and get into problems with right. uh, get into problems of, of, of breaking their marriage because they follow their heart, the seat of the emotions, into the place they shouldn't be. Let me let me say this to you. I love my wife, and and she still makes my heart skip a beat when I see her. Okay, but. I don't think I always make her heart skip a beat every time she sees me. And the truth be told, there's times when I'm not in a good mood and, and there are times when I'm just going my own way and the feeling is not as intense as it ought to be. I'll put it that way. And, and she would say the same thing, I think. You know, those that want to go into marriage say, oh, I love him, I love her, and my heart is bursting with emotion. Yeah, your heart's going to burst with emotion after you get married, but it may not be the right emotion, okay? <laughs> there'll be times, there'll be times when your heart will burst or you might want to burst their heart with emotion, you know. But, you know, the idea of following your emotions and your heart, let me say to you, child of God, there ought to be, just like here at church, there ought to be feelings here, and there are. There are. But I've been here before when I didn't feel like being here. But I came anyway because the Bible says, Commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. And the works he's talking about is doing what God says, which is not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together. You see, and when you come, I've never left unblessed. <laughs> I've never left unblessed. But when we get out of fellowship with God, we tend to make some bad choices. And I'll say this to you, and this is the sad part of this, this, the rest of the story here. When we get out of fellowship with God and we begin to follow our own path, sometimes we set into motion bad consequences. Amen. You remember what we read about verse 7, that there was a certain man of Saul there named Dog in the place in, in Nob where David went, where he met Ahimelech and he ate of the showbread. And Ahimelech, he lied to Ahimelech and told him that he was here on a on a journey that the king had sent him on. If you continue reading, and we don't really have time tonight to read, uh, I won't spend our time reading chapter 22, verses 6 through 22. But if you'll read that, you'll see that what happened was Saul heard about David and heard about where he was, and that in verse 9, it says, Dog the Edomite, which was set over the servants of Saul, said, I saw the son of Jesse coming to Nob, to Ahimelech, the son of Ahitub. And he inquired of the Lord for him and gave him victuals and gave him the sword of Goliath the Philistine. There's, there's some good lessons here, but uh, notice one thing that Dog was. He was a very wicked man. And he was, a, you know, you say, well, how was he wicked? Well, we'll see some really wicked things he does in a minute. But you know the first thing he was? He was just a gossiper. He was just a gossiper. He was a tailbearer. You know? So what tailbearer? I didn't think that was too too bad, was it? Yes, it is. Let me tell you, child of God, don't be a tailbearer. Yeah. Don't be a tailbearer. Gossip, if you don't think gossip will hurt you, read continue reading this story with me. Because he goes and tells Saul, I saw David down there, and the rest of the story is this. Saul goes down to Nob. And he gathers all the, he gathers Ahimelech the priest and all of his family and all the priests that were there. And there's about 85 people there. And the king says to Ahimelech uh, in his rage, I, I'm sentencing you to death. 
And, and when he sentenced him to death, uh, some of the footmen, the people that, that, uh, that were working for Saul, wouldn't even touch the priests. They wouldn't raise their hands because, uh, because they knew that they just didn't need to uh, touch the Lord's anointed. But this man, Dog, the Edomite, was willing to do it, and he turned, and we're told in verse 18, he fell upon the priests and slew on that day fourscore and five persons that did wear a linen ephod. That means they were priests. He slew 85 priests, and it started with that lie that David told. And I want you to notice in verse 22, well, in verse 20, it says, One of the sons of Ahimelech, the son of Ahitub, named Abiathar, escaped and fled after David. And Abiathar showed David that, that Saul had slain the Lord's priests. And David said unto Abiathar, I knew it that day when Dog the Edomite was there, that he would surely tell Saul, I have occasioned the death of all the persons of thy father's house. And I believe David carried that burden on his heart for the rest of his life. He said, Abide thou with me, fear not, for he that seeketh my life seeketh thy life, but with me thou shalt be in safeguard. When we get out of fellowship with God, and we do these things that are faithless, and not in accordance with God's will, we sometimes set in motion consequences that can reverberate uh, to many, many others of different generations. We got to remember that, child of God. Faithlessness is the path of death. Faithlessness will lead you to, you know, there's a, when the Bible says something one time, we need to listen to it. When it says it twice, we better sit up and take notice. It's like God blowing a trumpet. And you'll read in the 14th chapter of Proverbs and the 16th chapter of Proverbs, a verse that goes like this. There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. You see, David got out of fellowship with God. He tried to do it his own way. And because of that, he made bad choices, he sought bad counsel, and there were bad consequences. But even in the midst of that, as we read in the Psalm 57, God cared for him, and God delivered him. You know, that's the answer for us. Amen. We hear this so often. So often we hear this verse spoken in the wrong way. Say, God won't put on you more than you can bear. Well, let me just say to you, first of all, God most of the time doesn't put it on you, okay? But here's the way this verse reads. It says, There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, and will not suffer thee to be tempted above that that you're able but will with the temptation make a way of escape that ye may be able to bear it. You notice what he said there? He didn't say if you'll obstinately go down the same path you're going, regardless of what God's word says or what God has led you to do, then you know God won't put on you more than you can bear. You know, sometimes God will suffer more than you can bear to come upon you. He will, he will absolutely load you down to your back breaks, but he's given you a way of escape. That way of escape isn't to continue going obstinately the way you want to go. It's to turn to Him. Amen. Turn to Him. Oh, Saul, if you had just dealt with the root of your problem instead of seeking the soothing lyre of David, then you would be in a lot better place today. You know, that was not good advice that his servants gave him, was it? He didn't, you know, what should the servants of Saul said to him? Should they have said, Saul, Saul, just keep, keep going your way, but we'll, we'll get some music that'll make you feel better. 
We'll, we'll soothe your emotions, you know. You know what they should have said? The same thing Nathan said to David. Thou art the man. Amen. Saul, you've got problems. You need to repent and turn to God. That's what we need to do. And that's the way of escape that will cause us to be able to bear it. Thank you for joining us today on the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. I hope the message has been uplifting and beneficial to you and that the Lord will continue to bless you to grow in grace and knowledge of the truth. Join us again tomorrow for another message of God's sovereign grace. If you would like to subscribe to our website, please go to www.zionpbc.com and sign up for email updates. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact the church at zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. That's zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. Or you can email me directly at jchrismacool at gmail.com. That's the letter J-C-H-R-I-S-M-C-C-O-O-L at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you is my prayer. We thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com.